4th of July um, on a Sunday and, and a day when we do indeed celebrate independence and the freedoms that are ours as citizens of the United States of America, incredible freedoms. And I, I, I thought about that as, as I prepared as well. It's ironic, isn't it? That freedom cost and that true and real freedom cost deeply. Our, our flag stands as a symbol of that. It visualizes that cost. The red stripes symbolize the valor and the courage that's behind the blood that was shed, people that defended our nation. The white stands for innocent and purity. The rightness that is to be in place in this great nation of ours. The blue background with the white stars, 50 of them representing each state in the union, represents perseverance, vigilance, justice. Reminders of, of what this country is about virtues that our nation was built on and that our constitution is grounded in. And it should be no surprise to us um, today that those things in so many different ways are under attack, that they're being challenged um, almost on a daily basis in our nation no surprise simply because our, our nation was built on godly values. Patrick Henry said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was not founded by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but in the gospel of Jesus Christ. George Washington, it's not possible to govern a nation rightly without God and the Bible. Just a couple of quotes from hundreds of our founding fathers. It's important to, to recognize and think about those truths in terms of who we are and what our country has been about as we celebrate its independence and the freedoms that we experience today in the United States of America. Because there's another quote that I want to read for you, written by a leader not too um, long ago. And it's this. The best way to take over control from a people and to control them utterly is to take a little of their freedom at a time, to erode rights by a thousand tiny and almost imperceptible reductions. In this way, people will not see these rights and these freedoms being removed until past the point that change cannot be reversed. That quote was from Hitler, and he did it well. He changed the mental mindset of a nation a little at a time until it was too late. 
I'm certainly not comparing the United States to Nazi Germany. But I think it's important when we think about freedom, when we think about what it means to be free, especially as followers of Jesus Christ, to pay attention what's going on in our great nation and what our rights and truths and freedoms really are. The nation of Israel was a country that had freedoms. And they struggled um, in the freedom that God gave to them in terms of who they were, what they did, what they said. And I want to share some truth for you this morning. God led me to out of Jeremiah 8, verses 6 and 7. Um, Pretty practical, pretty relevant. So just open up your hearts and absorb this incredible truth from God's Word. Jeremiah 8, verses 6 and 7. I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. No one repents of their wickedness saying, what have I done? Each one pursues their own course like a horse charging into battle. Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons. And the dove, the swift, and the thrush observe their times of migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. This is the Word of God, my Word in our hearts and lived in our lives. There's a lot um, there just in two short verses. And it's a passage that speaks about truth. Truth. That's what God wanted out of his people just to simply live lives in accordance to his word and his truth. And yet they couldn't get it right. They decided to define it themselves, do all different kinds of things. So God sends them a prophet, a prophet called Jeremiah, just to share once again what it means, this thing called truth and what it means to live according to it. There's some great things for us to think about this morning because there's a lot of people who would seek to define truth for us. And in kind of an innocent way, I want to show you a little clip. Is anybody familiar with The Little Mermaid? Yeah, well, then maybe you'll recognize um, Scuttle, the seagull, a guy who um, is the purveyor of all truth, has infinite wisdom to Ariel with her earthly treasures. Whoa, what a swim. Scuttle, look what we found. Yeah, we're in the sunken ship. It was really creepy. Human stuff, huh? Hey, let me see. This is very, very unusual. What? What is it? It's a dingle hopper. Humans use these little babies to straighten their hair out. See, just a little twirl here and a yank there, and boy, oh, like. Yeah, I got an aesthetically pleasing configuration of hair that humans go nuts over. <laughs> a dingle hopper. Do you say bodacious? I can't repeat that, but 
<sighs> Truth. A dingle hopper. She was excited to find out what that was. And Scuttle, as a purveyor of all truth, tells her it's a dinglehopper. And if you're familiar with the movie a little bit later on, she finds out that's not what it is. Embarrassingly so. You know, um, in the world today, there's a lot of scuttles. People that would communicate with incredible passion, with incredible conviction to people who really want to to hear something as truth in ways that, that are incredibly appealing, convincing that this is exactly the way it is. This is truth. But it's not. First part of six, I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. God's listening. The battle does belong to him. But there's a lot of scuttles in the world that are speaking and speaking loudly and boldly about what truth is. About what is real and and what it is that people should believe. And I struggle with that. And I struggle with the way in which people believe what the scuttles say. People like Ariel. It's a difficult thing to to witness, but it's a natural byproduct of something that I've mentioned a number of times that is so incredibly true about the country we live in. Our new religion is secular relativism. And having people say uh, what is not right is a natural byproduct of that. Because that simply means the core and the premise of secular relativism is that I get to discern what is truth. Truth is what I believe it to be and what I say that it is. And so people saying what is not right is just a natural result. It's just what's going to happen if you hold to that tenet, those systems of belief and those disciplines of secular relativism, it's just going to happen. But that doesn't mean, of course, that what is said and what is done, just as in the day of Israel, is right. That it's truth, even though it's proclaimed to be. And that leads to another issue, something that's right there in verse 6 as well, something that follows another natural result of secular relativism. No one repents of their wickedness saying, what have I done? See, why why should that be um, an issue? Why should that be a concern? For, for someone to say, well, what it is that I have done, how I've lived my life or the things that I believe in are wrong because they aren't. If there is no absolute truth and you get to decide it, why would you have to repent of anything? Why, why would there ever be anything that was wrong that you did? 
I, I, I think that raises a lot of questions for me. I hope it does for you. The question ultimately is who decides what is right? Well, that's already been determined. It is scary to think that people truly believe that they are the conveyors and the discerners of truth. And yet, that's where we're at, just as Israel was. And it's mind-blowing. And if you think that that might not be so, I just want to invite you to this test. Go and talk to somebody about behavior that isn't right. Maybe somebody will listen, but by and large, if you think that that word sin is something that's fast becoming obsolete, it already has. It's a difficult place to be and to acknowledge. And so when you have those conversations, if you're bold enough to have them, and you ask questions of people that that are just struggling, they're not honoring the Word of God and truth, what is it that you hear? You know the words. Intolerance, unaccepting, judgmental, unloving, they flow. Why? Because... I'm the one who discerns and decides truth, not you, not even God. It's created a situation that's true, that's painted in the last part of that verse. Each one pursues their own course like a horse charging into battle. Are we not seeing the fruit of that today in our country? Rampant individualism based on whatever it is that I believe is true, is right. Chaos, division, hatred. Social scientists have uh, long studied civilizations and nations in the world and to a T each one will tell you that the reason that they fall and implode is because of the abandonment of morality of righteousness You might be thinking at this moment, thank you so much, Pastor Kevin, for ruining my 4th of July. (laughs) It wasn't shared to totally demoralize you, this truth from God, but to encourage you. I I love the, the song, the battle does belong to God. He's not done yet. And he speaks truth. And part of what he speaks is found in verse 7. And it comes as a challenge to you and to me. As citizens of the United States of America and as citizens of heaven. It says this. I'll read the words again. Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons. 
And the dove, the swift, and the thrush observe their times of migration. See, even birds follow absolutes and they know truth. They know that if they don't migrate and they stay in the chilly north, they might die. There's great harm. And so just by instinct, just by what God put in them, they follow and they take flight. And they do what comes because they were created by the great Lord our God. And then it says, of course, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. So there's the challenge for us. My people do not. And remember, this isn't, we can't expect um, people who are uh, apart from grace. I've got to be really clear about this. To number one, know the difference between truth and not truth. And then um, to do something about it. It doesn't say, um, but the world doesn't know my requirements. It says, my people do not know my requirements. And so there's a challenge for us. There's an encouragement in those words. They were sent to the prophet Jeremiah. We have his word and so much more today to think about what is truth and what does that mean in our world? And what would it mean for me to seek it? What would it mean for me to know it? What would it mean for me to speak it? What would it mean for me to be it in a lost and hurting world and a country so loved by God? What would it look like for me? And then to see the results, not of it being used as a hammer to break people, but to change and transform our own lives and theirs, full of God's love, grace, and truth, coexisting in balance beautifully and wonderfully. To live as people of purpose. We understand that here. Winning people to Christ and then what? Equipping them to serve. Equipping them with what? Truth. Therefore, go ye unto all nations and do what? Make disciples of them. Baptizing them, then these words. Teaching them to obey a portion, a little, what it is that I know. No. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then these incredible words at the end of verse 20. And surely I am with you even to the end of the age. The battle belongs to the Lord. And if we're bold enough if we're wise enough to pursue truth, to seek it so that we'll know it, so that we can speak it and be it, you'll be right there with us. You will have no greater cheerleader and supporter than the great Lord our God if that's who you choose to be. I have questions about that because, again, there's a lot of scuttles in the world, right? And in conversations that I have with people of faith, 
I wonder maybe sometimes who it is that they're listening to. If they're believing what they read on the internet as the gospel or some other wise purveyor of truth who spoke with great and deep conviction into something that they desperately wanted to believe and they packaged it in a way that looks really, really good. Where are you seeking your truth from? The things that you believe that make up the moral fiber of your being. Just a question. I would submit to you this. If you're seeking real truth, you are digging deep into the Word of God. It's interesting how people will say they're searching for truth and then I'll ask them a question. I've read all of this stuff. I believe all of this. This is what I heard. This is what I read. This is what I believe. And I'll say, what? Have you ever read this? And then there's this big pause and blank look. We know how some conversations can go sometimes, right? If we seek truth and we know truth and we speak truth, it's not easy all the time. Sometimes it can look like this, a little skit. Just pay attention to the conversation. This is a red balloon. It's true, it's red, we all know our colors. The absolute truth is that this balloon is red. No, it's not, that's green. What? This right here is a green balloon. That is the prettiest yellow balloon. <laughs> yellow? This, this is red. Yeah, come over here. No, it's green. It's red! Yeah, I know, it's a red balloon. Hey, will you look at it from my point of view, please? What? Hey, nice blue balloon. <gasps> it's blue. green! Green? It's red! What? Why are you saying it's red when it's blue? Huh? It's what? totally purple from here! Purple? Okay, you know what? Let's just settle this once and for all, okay? Where are you going? Hey, what color is this balloon? I only see in black and white. Okay. Hey, Mark, what color... There is no balloon. This is ridiculous. Hey, I know what the problem is. Look, um, my mom taught me that this was blue. But, um, you know, then she said this is red and green, yellow, you know, and on and on. <laughs> okay, I get that your mom taught you that that was blue, but, I mean, that's not the truth. Whoa, why are you talking bad about his mom? Yeah. I'm not. Listen, I respect your mother. Thank you. And the way she raised you. She taught you that was blue. Our moms taught us that it was red. That's the way it goes. I thought you oh. said it was green. It is green. See, I'm smart. I went to college. <laughs> and in college, I learned all these different theories about color. Really? And my color professors who have doctorates in color. Do you have a doctorate in color? Uh, no. It shows. Okay? <laughs> they can't even agree on one theory of color, so you have to look at all the different theories and pick which one works best for you. And green is great for me. That makes sense. Thank you. No, you can't just pick whatever color fits your life the best. Red is red. Okay, do you know the word intolerant? Yeah. Because that's what you're being right now. All right, you're shoving your opinion down my throat. Okay, it's not my opinion, it's the truth. <laughs> hold on, hold on. All we're saying is that we need to stop arguing about trivial things. Like truth. You know, the funny thing about truth is, it's true. Whether you believe it or not. I can resonate.
resonate with that conversation. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, God just calls you to be who He created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be people who seek truth, people who know truth, people who speak truth, and people who be truth so that you can celebrate the freedom. Remember the words even in um, the call to worship? If you prove yourselves um, to be my disciples, you'll know truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Be free. We pray with me. Lord God, I, I give you praise and I give you thanks for your truth. Lord, as a body of Jesus Christ, that we would be people that seek it, that know it, that speak it, and be it. That that's who we are. That's what we live. No, Lord, there's a lot of opposition to that. As we go back into this world and we celebrate the freedoms that are ours, as citizens of the United States, yes, but as citizens of heaven. Lord, might we not let, as First Peter 2 says, our freedoms be a cover-up for evil. But might we live, O oh Lord, as people of truth. We give you praise, we give you thanks for your word and your spirit. Because when we're walking with you, O oh God, we experience what real freedom's all about now and we will forever. So with great praise, we thank you for truth. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.